You're listening to In The Bunker, a podcast that explores the biggest challenges in starting and running a business. My name is Joshua Maddox, and I'm an entrepreneur and business owner myself. I'm sitting down with business owners to talk about the challenges they face, the lessons they've learned, and how we can all grow from it. Welcome to In The Bunker. Today, we have Andrea Susan Glass in the bunker with us today. Andrea was faced with a challenge of inconsistency in leads, clients, and income. If you own a business and run a business, you've probably ran into this same problem as most new business owners and even seasoned veterans have this problem. She's overcome this challenge and really worked on worked through this issue by diversifying to really overcome the inconsistency. Andrea has over 21 years experience in helping first-time nonfiction authors and business owners become published authors. So many of us have amazing ideas and we want to shout it from the mountaintops, but oftentimes it's an idea in our head and it doesn't go anywhere. Becoming a published author is such an awesome thing and helps so many more other business owners. There's so much to learn through this conversation, and I'm super excited to just jump in and go from there. Great to have you on the show today. Yes, I'm, I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. Uh, so let's dive in and walk through what is your background? Who are you and how did you get here really from a business experience aspect? Oh, sure. I've been writing most of my life, and I just never thought I could make a living at it. So I would write articles and uh, I worked for different newspapers and magazines. And then I wrote a few books and I got an agent, but I never got a publisher. So I thought, but this is really hard. And this is really sad when you can't sell your books. I thought, what if I write books for other people? Because I know how to write a book and I would get paid up front. So I started ghostwriting in 2000. That's the start of my business writer's way. And I did very well at the start. I won an award for the very first book I wrote. And then I realized, like we were talking about inconsistent income, I added copy editing to my services because sometimes someone came to me and the book was already done and they didn't need a ghostwriter, but they needed someone to clean it up, which I loved doing as well. So I added copy editing. And after doing this for so many years, the urge inside of me to write and publish books was still there. But at this point, as self-publishing grew, I didn't need to find a publisher anymore. Made that firm decision that I was going to write books for myself. And this year, 2021, I published my first two books. Uh, it was a book about how to write a book called Your Fabulous First Book. And then I had a workbook called My Fabulous First Book. It was a workbook companion. And it's just very exciting to move from the ghostwriter to the copy editor I've also I've taught classes for the University of California, which I still do. And then I've also added book coach because I've learned a lot through my experience. So now I'm pretty much a full service business for first time nonfiction authors to get from where they are to where they want to be. That's awesome. I know oftentimes whenever we jump into any industry or task that we're super unfamiliar with, Sometimes from the outward appearance, it's like writing a book isn't that hard. I got a bunch of words in my head. I'll just throw them on paper. And then you have to realize that like 
chapter breakdown and it has to make sense and it has to follow a flow and there has to be and it's oh this is actual takes time to do it you can't just spend an afternoon and spit out a book and that's really where i think whether someone is looking for a writer coach a book coach or someone to ghost write or any of that type of stuff having someone who you know understands that is is super super valuable awesome so i know with in regards to your business challenge and chatting through essentially aspect of inconsistent leads and looking at obviously inconsistent leads means inconsistent clients, which means inconsistent income. And so many business owners struggle with this. What does that look like for you overcoming that and diversifying? I know we talked about that briefly before the show. Yeah, usually when we talk about overcoming a challenge, let's talk about the challenge first, problem, solution. The problem for people like me, who I would call a creative, because I am a creative writer, I'm a ghostwriter, I'm a copywriter, I'm a coach. Those are fairly creative uh, skills. And the skill that I did not have when I went into business was marketing. So my inconsistent income was was a challenge or my inconsistent leads was a challenge because I didn't know how to market myself. A lot of people like me will go into business with a skill set, whether it's uh, a holistic health practitioner or financial planner or all kinds of coaches because they want to serve and they have a skill and they want to share that skill with a lot of people, but they don't have business acumen. They might not know how to set up a business. They don't know how to run a business. They don't know how to set up their um, financials or their contracts. And most of them don't know how to biz- uh, run a business in terms of marketing. Creatives are more or less using right side of the brand and marketing is using the left side of the brand, although there are ways to be creative with marketing. So we start off thinking, okay, I ran an ad in the newspaper and I got my first ghostwriting client. And from there, you expect that there'll be more clients. Maybe you did a great job, so they'll tell someone. But they might not know anyone who needs someone to write a book. Then you go to the Chamber of Commerce networking meeting, and you think you might meet people there. You start doing things that seem very common and familiar. But this is definitely not a way to have consistent income because a lot of people like me come out of a job where they're paid a salary and they know what consistent income looks like. But when they go into business, they don't think about the fact that there is no sense of consistency until you build up. And there are people who might, out of the gate, have contacts from their previous work. A lot of people start a business and have contacts from the job they had before. Or they might prepare in advance before they start a business and set up a lot of lead generation. So I didn't do that and I didn't have that. And I had to learn marketing basically from the ground up. And one of the things I learned is that you have to try a lot of different methods of marketing to see which is gonna work for your personality, for your skills, and for the client base you have. Because not everybody is going to be comfortable with all kinds of marketing. Some people are not gonna be able to speak. I've spoken in many places, I've conducted workshops, I've hit half the libraries in San Diego County and done workshops with them. So that's not something I'm uncomfortable with. So you have to find what works for you. 
But it still doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have a lead, a lead generation machine that's going to bring you consistent leads. One of the methods that worked for me was diversifying my skills that I offered. I started out as a ghostwriter and I found that some people wanted the help, but they didn't want to pay the fee. The ghostwriting is your most expensive fee that you're going to charge because you're spending the most time doing it. And it's also the hardest work. I found that uh, once I added copy editing, I was able to get a lot more clients. And a lot of people that I met through writing groups, writing classes, uh, networking, a lot of the different methods I found for marketing wanted a copy editor, whether I worked with them from the beginning or in the middle or at the end, most of them usually come to me at the end. I found that copy editing was a more marketable skill than ghostwriting. So now I became a ghostwriter and a copy editor. Then the University of California contacted me. They found me in one of the writers groups I belong to and asked if I wanted to teach a class for them. And my first class was called Marketing for Copy Editors, which is funny because I wasn't the best marketing person at that time, but I'm really good at putting together classes. And my class has been running for over 15 years right now, and it's been very successful. <clears throat> but you know what? They say, teach what you want to learn. And every time I teach that class, I learn more about how to market myself. After that, then I added book coaching. So the diversification of what I offered in terms of services was able to allow me more consistency of getting leads because the more work you do for someone, the more referrals you're going to get. And then also the more groups you belong to, the more referrals you get from the groups. So the more exposure you give yourself, the, you expose yourself in so many different ways. It can be on social media, it can be the work that you do, it could be writing groups, it can be getting out into the, the world like we did primarily before COVID and now we're doing more of that. So you start having the marketing work for itself in terms of taking on a momentum. And then this year I added author to my list of diversified skills, which is a way to create consistent income once you get your books really hooked in to a target market. Once people know about you, now that I have two books, I'm talking on more podcasts, I'm doing live events, I'm doing book signings. So your books can now be another source of income. So I basically have five sources of income now, and that diversification allows me to have more of a consistency. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's still up and down a lot of times. You have times of year when people are just not buying. The holidays tend to be slow. And yet there are some people, I just had a client who hired me and says, I want to get my book finished before December 31st. That's not always correct that there's slower at the holiday time. But even so, if it's slow at the holiday time, a lot of people say some sales or offer some specials. So marketing is really the crux underneath all of this inconsistency. And once you learn how to get your marketing going, let's say consistent marketing, whereas every day I spend at least an hour a day doing some kind of marketing, then you're going to create more of a consistency of leads and ultimately income. That's really good. Yeah. And there, <clears throat> totally agree. And I think that's something that so many business owners, if you own a business, and you don't consider yourself a marketer and you don't have either a marketing company or someone who's in the company, depending on the size of the business, if you don't have someone in the company or 
marketing company that you're paying or you're not considering yourself a marketer, then the long-term trajectory, the long-term viability of that business, I would say is in question because if you're thinking, oh, I offer a product or I offer a service and I don't need to market it, there are some industries where you don't necessarily, quote, need to market per se because the demand is so high, people are just going to show up no matter what. But if the last two years have taught us anything with pandemic and everything, I think it's really prevalent that something little can change and disrupt your industry massively. And I know some writing coaches and stuff got super, super concerned when platforms like Amazon came out where they could, you could self-publish and people got really freaked out. They're like, anyone can write a book now. It's like anyone can, but anyone can also be a mechanic and try to change the oil in their car. Not everyone's going to succeed in it. And so in reality, yes, anyone could self-publish driving that back to in reality, someone who knows what they're doing and can help through that process. And I think it's really interesting, the book itself that you've published, the two, almost are a lead generation a little bit because they're wetting someone's appetite a little bit to publishing a book. And you've now put out a book about how to do that, how to publish a book, how to do that, what that looks like to create that. And it Almost because you're the author author of it, it leads them back to you. So if they have questions or they need help or they want to hire someone to help with that, it almost leads them, it does lead them back to you. Um, so not only is that it's a twofold, it's a lead generation aspect a little bit, but it also does bring in income. That's a good point, uh, Joshua, because the people I work with, generally small business owners, entrepreneurs, uh, solo professionals, service professionals like coaches, uh, realtors, financial planners, therapists, those people have a service. And if they want to stand out, they could do that by writing a book that will put them above others. It will enhance their credibility. You know, if you had 10 real estate agents and they can all sell you the same homes, the one who's an author might stand out as more of an expert. So the people I work with want to expand their credibility and and show their expertise to enhance their business, but also it can be an additional source of income. You know, like we're talking about diversifying. It can be a lead generator because they could hand out the books for free so that people could find out more about the service they provide and then go to them. And it also is a way to spread your expertise, your knowledge and wisdom to thousands of people. Whereas one-on-one as a service provider, you can't reach that many people. You have a limit. And we've heard this term for so many working for dollars or working for a multiple income. The dollar for dollar, meaning you're trading your time for dollars, is when you're a service provider. But a book is a product and a book literally sells while you're sleeping. That's the exciting part of having a product. So as I've added book coach and author to my area of expertise and my services and my products so that I can have more of a diversified income, the same is true for the people I work with. It will give them more of that 
diversified income, less of that inconsistency. And it just feels good. When you see your name on the cover of the book, it's, I, I don't know if there's anything that's not greater than that, but it's pretty great, especially if you sweated through, I think it was almost a year and a half that it took me to get to publish this book because of fitting time in while I was working and learning the ins and outs of publishing and working with Amazon and their inconsistencies, shall we say, and getting on the phone with them. So someone finally coming with a, a book with their name on it is such a great reward for the time that you put in that this was so exciting for me too in my business to have the opportunity to serve people. And I just want to put a note in here that's so important to remember is that nobody runs a business. A lot of us go into business as solopreneurs and say, oh, great, I'm good at this and I'm going to start a business, whether it's the financial planner, the real estate agent, or the book coach like me. But we can't do it alone because we don't have all those skill sets. And whether or not we hire a marketer, we certainly can hire other people, whether we want employees or contractors. I've worked with contractors. I have my web design guy. I have tech people. I have my graphic designer. I have my copy editor and I have support people, accountability partners. So it seems like an isolated experience to write a book or to run a business by yourself, but no one should think that they can do it all themselves. And that's really important. That will also help counteract that inconsistency because when we can't reach out to other people, when we're struggling and for me with marketing, I used books, courses, and coaches. I have a book marketing coach and I'm working with a business marketing coach. So I can't do this all myself. And I'm really glad that I was willing to reach out and understanding that you have to, you cannot do this alone. No one can write a book alone and no one can run a business alone. So that's really important advice that I'd like to share with people. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, and that's really the main sort of mindset behind this whole podcast is the aspect of so many business owners at the end of the day, trap themselves in a bunker for whatever ever reason. And that might just be the doomsday bunker and they're trying to protect themselves from whatever happened in their business five years ago or whatever reason they're sheltering themselves from risk or some issue or whatever that might be. And so many business owners do that on a regular basis. And I think it's so critical to really the success of any business to reach out and have other people that are there for you and can simply bounce ideas. If it's someone who's in a different industry, that's awesome. Run ideas past someone else who is in a different industry, who isn't in a necessarily direct competition. Um, and you guys can be open about, hey, I think that's a great idea or eh, maybe not so much. And having a business coach, having any of that type of stuff, someone who doesn't necessarily 100% of the time have all the right answers, but someone who maybe can ask the right questions. And I think that's really critical for businesses as a whole. I just thought of another important point is that people learn and people take in information in different formats. Whatever service or product you're providing, we have to think in terms of people who might be auditory, visual, or kinesthetic. And uh, as reluctant as I was to put my first book, an ebook, into paperback, because there's a lot of bells, a lot of detail, I did that. And now I'm thinking about an audiobook because people 
some people just, they listen in their car or they go for a walk and they listen. And next year I'm planning on developing two courses because you can take my book and you can read it and then you can just put it back on the shelf. Or you can take a course and go through it step-by-step. Let's say there's six modules and each module is going to give you a homework assignment. And then you'll get on a coaching call and you'll talk about your challenges with the assignment. And you're going to get the same knowledge in a so much deeper format. So we want to have those of us who want to share our expertise, we want to be able to offer it in many different formats. Not only is that great for our audience because they all learn differently, but here again, we're creating more sources of income. And since I am a teacher at heart, I actually graduated as a teacher and I had an English major and an education major. And I've been teaching for the University of California for 15 years. If I combine my teaching and my writing, courses are perfect for me. And beyond teaching for the university, if I teach my own courses, obviously I'll get a greater chunk of the income. I'll have more control over the content and the way I share it. So I'm very excited. I've taken a few online courses on how to develop courses. And again, even with courses, you can have them be strictly uh, on the computer for somebody to go and take in their own time, or you can have them with one coaching call a week or two coaching calls or videos or no videos. There's so many different formats. And again, we have to understand our audience. Audience is business owners. They're very busy. What's going to be the best format for them to take in this information? But usually what I do is I like to run surveys. That's how I wrote my first book. I ran a survey to find out what was the biggest problem that potential authors were having in starting to write their book. And after I ran that survey, I had a sense of what I needed to put in my book. Nice. That's really good. Yeah, I think with the different types of learning, whether that's via someone picking up the physical book or listening to an audio book or anything like that, I actually, I know a business owner, a friend of mine who will buy the physical copy and the audio book. And then he listens to the audio book as he reads it. And he's like, I retain so much more information out of that book than if I was to just do one of the two. For me, I will grab... I'll grab audiobooks of books that I want to read and I'll do it while I'm, I'll listen to them while I'm doing yard work or gardening or out driving or whatever. And it's activities that I would never have been able to sit there on the freeway reading a book while I'm driving. It's a terrible idea, but you can throw an audiobook on and digest that content and think about it and process through that in a time where you're doing an activity that isn't hyper productive necessarily. And it's something where you're able to replace driving on the freeway with reading a book and actually be semi-productive during that, which is really good. It's more, it's a progression that we're seeing nowadays that experts who are starting with a service, they're moving into a book. And then like me, they might, might move into a workbook and then they're moving into courses. And some of them are even going beyond with coaching days. And I'm planning on doing a writer's retreat next year. I have a few locations in mind. Expanding your service and product deliverables is one of the best ways to diversify your income and have more of a consistent income. I know it sounds like a little bit too much to, to manage. And I can see that some people might think that. So it's not right for everyone. 
And that's why I wrote two books this year, but I won't be writing anymore for a while. And I'm going to do two courses next year. They're just going to be my two primary courses. Some people go on and on and the next course and the bigger course. And you have to decide what's right for you. I am not a youngster. I'm in my third phase of life, I guess to say, and I know what I can handle and I know what I want to do. And the ideas that I have to share will be perfect for the two courses that I'm developing. And um, I just, as a matter of fact, I just developed a new coaching program called Begin Your Book Now where I want to take authors who need a little hand-holding through the very beginning of writing a book where I'll help them on a few Zoom calls with their title, their table of contents, their daily writing schedule, and the timeline for the whole process. Because that's what uh, a lot of authors find challenging. They don't understand the whole process where it starts with writing the book and then getting it edited and having beta readers and having advanced readers and getting the cover design, the, the whole trajectory. This Begin Your Book Now coaching program that I'm developing is going to lay all that out and you'll have timelines. For me, I don't find timelines as pressure. I find them as my own form of accountability. If I said that by the end of today, I'm going to do this and this, I'm going to put everything else aside and do that, that, or I have accountability partner right now. So on Sunday night, I sent her what I was supposed to send her. It was like eight o'clock at night when I finally sent it to her, but I knew that I promised it to her. So um, a coach is a great form of accountability, but you can find accountability partners in your industry or the writing community, whatever works for you. So the beginning of your book now coaching program is a form of accountability. It lays out the whole process. So New authors don't have to struggle and say, oh, what do I do next? And what do I do next? So I'm excited about that. And right now I'm going to be putting out uh, notices looking for beta testers. Those are the people who take your coaching program the first time at a reduced price so that they can create testimonials for when you launch your program. Yeah. I'm excited about that. I love developing titles and topics and tables of contents. And that's one of the most challenging things I found working with authors. So. Yeah. The one thing, one thing I want to mention with, in regards to diversifying, and I think I want to clarify a little bit here is although we're talking about diversifying what services or product you're offering, what you're not talking about is diversifying across different industry offerings. You didn't say, oh, I'm a book author and I'm also going to open an ice cream shop. Those are two entirely separate industries, have nothing to do with each other and have no overlap. Being an author and being a copy editor and being a book coach are all the same industry. They have very similar elements, a lot of overlap, the knowledge needed to do all of those is not necessarily 100% the same, but has a very high overlap across all of that. And the diversifying isn't necessarily always, oh, you own a plumbing company, now go open a, you know, a roofing company. Those are very different elements. They're both in construction, but they're different. Or you own a restaurant, go open a construction company. Like we're not talking about cross industry or, you know, diversifying in that sense necessarily. Because this diversity move that you made in diversifying sort of your offering 
wasn't something where you had to go spend five years in education and go learn a new skill. It was something that you had the primary skill set and it was pivoting the offer slightly. And that's really key. Sometimes you don't have to do this giant shift in business to offer something new. It can be a small little incremental change. There's a statement and a quote that I always butcher, but it talks about making a 1% increase in your business. If you make a 1% increase every day in your business, that's 365% better by the end of the year. And so sometimes business owners want this big giant, I want to do a 90 degree pivot. And it's okay, don't do a 90 degree pivot because that's all you're ever going to do. And then it's not going to be great, but do a 1% increase day over day and improve your business a little bit. And I think elements like this, diversifying, you know, the offering, the, the offering rather, are really critical to that. And really well, good. I think, Joshua, that people will tend to want to work with specialists. When you look at somebody's website, you want to see what they've done. I have to say that I am horrified when I get on a web uh, copy editor and says, I do copy editing, I do book formatting, I do graphic design, I do a virtual assisting, I do your taxes, and it goes on and on. And how could this person be good at all of those things? I, I, I just don't think that's attractive for a business to do that. <clears throat> I specialize in working with first-time nonfiction authors to help them write and publish a book they're going to be very proud of at whatever stage they need. I am flexible and customized. Whether they need ghostwriting, copy editing, or book coaching, I can do that and I can get them to the finish line. So I'm a specialist, first-time nonfiction authors. I don't really work in fiction. I don't really work in memoir. I work with experts who have information to share. You don't go to a doctor who uh, does everything when you need a specialist for a broken bone or uh, any kind of surgery. We tend to feel that specialists have the best skills. And when someone works with me, there's two factors. They want my skills, but on another level, they also have to get along with me. And so now with, that we have Zoom, I don't take on any new clients until we have a Zoom meeting because, or I actually do have some live meetings with people because I've seemed to attract a lot of people in the area where I live in San Diego. But the Zoom meeting, we can decide if we're compatible. I won't work with anyone who's not responsive. If I send an email and it takes a week to get a response, that's not the best client for me because we work with timelines. And if I don't get responses, I don't feel like there's invested in it. So the skill set is really important, but the relationship is important. Whether you're offering a service or a product, you still need to know your target market and you still need to have an affinity for them. Because even if you're selling books, you're going to be doing some live events. And I did a live event a few weeks ago at a library. I've got a live event in two weeks at a street fair where my writer's group is taking a booth. And then in January, I have another live event. I'm going to be on an author panel that I set up in a women's co-working space full of business owners. So I have to be relatable to that audience. I have to know my audience. I have to speak to that audience. So your skills have to be accompanied by your ability to relate to your audience. Yeah. Yeah. It's been super good chatting. I think 
I feel like there's been a ton of really good nuggets and information throughout this whole conversation. And I feel like we could probably sit here and chat for another half hour. I will have your website, LinkedIn, all that type of stuff is in and bio is all in the show notes for those listening if you want to grab that. But what is the number one best place to connect with you? What is that number one spot where people should visit to find out more about you if they want to connect? It's hard to decide between my two websites, but writersway.com simple to remember. I took that from the artist's way because I, I really like that. Artistway.com. That's my service-based. And then andreasusanglass.com is where I have my books and my coaching programs. You can always find people, anyone on LinkedIn and Facebook by putting their name in there. But way.com, it also shows a lot of the authors I work with. I have pictures of their books and their testimonials. So you can also put my name into Amazon and find me all the books I worked on and my books. So I'm pretty much everywhere I want to be found. (laughs) But I also offer a complimentary uh, book strategy session, 30 minutes on Zoom. For anyone who has any questions, absolutely no obligation. Let's just talk and see where you're at and what kind of services you need. And you can get that link on my uh, website, andreasusanglass.com. Awesome. Awesome. I will make sure to add the Amazon book author link in the show notes as well. I'll grab that. Um, and that anyone can click on that and check out the books that you've published to date. Follow the author on Amazon and Amazon will notify you as more books are released, which is great. So awesome. Appreciate the time. Appreciate you joining me today. And yeah, go check out the website if you want to connect. And as always, um, keep learning and we'll go from there. Take care. Thanks. Thanks so much for today, Joshua. Thanks for listening to this episode of In the Bunker. As always, we can be found on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at In the Bunker Podcast. Be sure to share this episode and what you're going to apply from it and how that can affect your business. Make sure to tag us in that post so we can highlight your journey as well. But before you go, I have a quick personal ask. Each episode of In the Bunker takes a lot of work to put together from finding the guest, shooting, editing, all of that. And where I really could use your help is twofold. First, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcast or another podcast platform that can let you leave a five-star review or a text-based review, I would truly and greatly appreciate that. It really helps with the algorithm and allowing other listeners to find the show. The next thing that I really need help on is sharing this with friends, family, business owners, people that you think need to hear this content. I appreciate you listening to this episode and looking forward to next week. Take care.